theyeshiva.net. Parshas Boy, once in Parshas Vashanan in Shema, and the second time in the next Parsha in Ekev Vahoyah in Shemaya. The Torah says four times Vahoyah Lachala Oisal Yotcha, Ulizikorim Beinecho, whatever the exact terminology that is used. The two parts of Tfilin, Tfilin on the arm, and Tfilin that has to be placed on the head, Yael Shalyadan Sharosh. Comes the Gemara, look in source number one. The Gemara in Menachas, Daflamet Vav, Amud Aleph. Sholach, Reb Chia, Baredi Reb Huna, Mishmedi Reb Yochanan. Reb Chia, the son of Reb Huna, sent a message in the name of Reb Yochanan. Al Tfilah Shaliyad Oimer Baruch Hashem Kedushanu B'Mitzvayso V'Tzivonu Lo Haniach Tfilah. On Tfilah Shaliyad, the appropriate bracha, the appropriate blessing is. Hashem thanked, sanctified us with his mitzvahs and commanded us to put on tefillin. Lahoniach tefillin. Al tefillin shal roish. When you're putting on the tefillin on your head, Oimer, here you say, Baruch Hashem. Kedushanu b'mitzvahis of itzivonu al mitzvahs tefillin. Here the text, Rabbi Yochanan says, should change. Not lahoniach tefillin, but al mitzvahs tefillin. And this is the halacha. In Rambam, the halacha in Tur, the halacha in Shulchan Aruch, that there are two separate texts for the blessing. There is a great argument there how to understand the Gemara. The Gemara says in the same page that imsach ben tefillah If you interrupt between tefillah shayad and tefillah sharosh and you speak, so you have to make a bracha on tefillah sharosh. What is the meaning of that Gemara? And this created one of the great debates in halacha. That creates two very separate customs in how Jews put on tefillin, which basically is a difference between the Svardim and the Ashkenazim. Rashi, the Rif, and the Rambam all understand the Gemara quite literally. If you interrupt between tefillin, you interrupt yourself between tefillin shayad and tefillin shorosh, so you make a bracha on the shorosh. In a regular day, in a good day, you don't make a bracha on the shorosh. Because the bracha on the shaliyad applies also to the shalosh. One bracha goes for both. But if you separate between the two, you interrupt, not with something about the tefillin, but something else, whatever it is. You take a telephone call or you answer even something that's holy, nonetheless, because you made an interruption, so you have to now make a bracha on the shalosh. Which bracha? Al mitzvah tefillin. That's what the Rashi and the Rif and the Rambam hold. But Rabbeinu Tam and the Halachas G'daylas say, no, that's not the meaning. The meaning is, in a regular good day, you make two brachas. A brach on the Shalyad, a brach on the Shorosh. And the brach on the Shalyad also goes on the Shorosh. Lahaniach goes on both, and then you make on the Shorosh a separate bracha because of its uniqueness, because of its prominence. If you make an interruption... Now you have to make another two brachas for the shorosh. 
You have to make Lahaniyach also for the Sharai. It's not one bracha al mitzvahs. You have to make the first bracha also for the Sharai. And this becomes the argument between the Mechaber and Shulchan Aruch, the Beis Yosef following the Svardim, the Rambam, and the Ramah, Rabbeinu Moshe Israelish, following usually the Minagash Kenazim of Rabbeinu Tam and Taisvis, that you make two brachas every single day, one on Shalyad and one on Shalrosh. If you interrupt, you make three brachas, one on Shalyad and then two on Shalrosh. And yet the Ramah says, it is a wonderful thing that after you make the second bracha, on the, after you make a bracha on the Sharash, you should say, Baruch, Shem, Kvoid, Malchus, Vad, which is what we usually do if we say a bracha levatala, to include and uh, concern ourselves with the opinion that the whole bracha was useless. It was a bracha, Shem, I shouldn't say useless, it was a bracha, Shem, it wasn't necessary because we were Yitz already with the Shalyat. So that's an argument in the details, but there's no argument of what Rabbi Yochanan said the text of the bracha for Shayyad and Shorosh. And here the obvious question is, why did the Chazal make this distinction? The mitzvah of Shayyad is to put on tefillin. Lohaniyach tefillin. And the mitzvah Shorosh, I also have to put on Shorosh's tefillin. I could have said, Ashayyad al mitzvah's tefillin. It's also a mitzvah. And Shorosh is a mitzvah to put on Shorosh. Here they chose the word Lohaniyach. And here they chose the word al-mitzvahs. So this is something people sometimes do for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, like Rikhis Yom and Rishonim Tevis till 180, from their bar mitzvah before their bar mitzvah. And they never stop to ask the question, why? Why? Why this change? I'm not putting on shorosh. I'm also putting on shorosh. Okay, I'm not wrapping it around my hand. I'm putting it on my head, but I'm still putting on tefillin. No lohaniyach al-mitzvahs. So the first one who's perturbed by this is naturally Rashi in the Gemara. So Rashi says, right away, right there in the Gemara, Menachas Rashi says, Lohaniyach. Why Lohaniyach? The Bishalyad Maschil Lohaniyach. The beginning of putting on tefillin happens with the tefillin on the arm, because that's what you, that's the first tefillin you put on. Mitzvah's tefillin. The Achshav Gleimir is a mitzvah. Because now you actually complete the mitzvah. You put the Shalyad and you put the Shorosh. So now you're finishing your mitzvah. So by shalyad we say lohaniyach because now I'm starting to put on the tefillin. So to put on tefillin, I'm starting to put on. By shalroish, I have an advantage. Now I'm finishing the mitzvah because I have both tefillin on me. So therefore you say al mitzvah tefillin on the mitzvah, the mitzvah is complete. If I state nishvaz, frekt. Right. Right, wonderful. In other words, why is it that in the blessing they felt the need to emphasize that we're finishing the mitzvah? It's true, we're finishing the mitzvah, that's true. But we have a lot of mitzvahs we make brachas, right? Here, we're emphasizing that we're finishing the mitzvah. You could say, technically, that there were two brachas, usually there's only one bracha, and they wanted to make some change so it should be recognizable. In other words, really they could have said, Lohaniyach on this, and Lohaniyach on this. <laughs> Both of them are lahaniyach, but they perhaps want to make a change. So Rashi says they're already making a change. So here they say to put on, and here they say al mitzvahs. But what's even more, perhaps, it's even more difficult is that tefillin shayan and tefillin shorosh are not one mitzvah. They're two separate mitzvahs. The Rambam counts them as two separate mitzvahs, F613, it's one and two. Besides that, the Gemara says it clearly in Menachis, a little later, the Memdalet. Lahalacha also, if one only has one pair of tefillin, you have to put on one pair. Chalila, somebody can't put on tefillin shalyat for whatever reason. They have to put on shorosh. I can't say the other way. If they can't put on shorosh because they don't have a head, they have to put on shalyat. I'm not sure it works. 
There's a cute mice on that. What? Yeah, I understand. I understand. But if they can't for other reasons, so they have to put on tefillin shaliyat. So even though the two are connected and we don't interrupt between them, they're not separate. But Rashi says, Achshav goymer is a mitzvah. Now you're finishing the mitzvah. It's though it's one mitzvah. It's not really one mitzvah. So we really have to understand. There's a mitzvah shaliyat. There's a mitzvah shorosh. Even though they're connected, and that's why we don't interrupt between them. But nonetheless, they're two separate mitzvahs. And here they choose to focus on the fact you're completing the mitzvah. Which mitzvah? The whole mitzvah. Even though Shorosh is an independent mitzvah, and one needs to understand, therefore, we're back to the question why the Chachamim made this distinction. There are two Goinim in the last generations, as they say, Shneim Niskavnu Ladover Echad, who both suggest a similar idea. The two Goinim are Rabbi Yosef Engel, and, you know, the next one is going to be the Rakachover Gon who were contemporaries. I think they were actually born the same year, 1858, or very close proximity to each other. Rabbi Yosef Engel was one of the Goyeni Hador. He was the rabbi of Krakow in Poland. He wrote 101 Sfarim. 101 Sfarim. Unfortunately, many, many of them we don't have. But the Sfarim that we do have of Rabbi Yosef Engel are priceless, priceless gems. He passed away in Tofresh Pei, 1920. The Gon was also born at the same time, Rabbeinu Yosef Rosen. And he passed away of, uh, 16 years later, 1936, Tofresh Tzadik And as you know, he was the Rav of Dvinsk, Latvia, today Poland, together with the Ur Sameach, who was the Rav of the Ashkenazim, he was the Rav of the Hasidim in Dvinsk, and was considered Tsar HaToyrah. His knowledge and depth of Torah was literally unique, unique in, in all of Jewish history. Rabbi Yosef Engel has a commentary on Yerushalmi. It's called Gilyoyne Hashas, Yerushalmi Zeroyim. And there, he has a note on a piece of Yerushalmi in Brachas that everyone has a field day with because it's extremely perplexing. And in that explanation, he suggests an idea. The Tzofnos Paneich, the Rekhachov, in his commentary on Rambam and Hilchis Tfilin, Perik Dalit, says this idea also. I don't think they saw each other. He said what he said, he said, but they both say a very similar idea. And here the question is, what's the definition of the mitzvah of Tfilin? What do I mean, what's the definition? The mitzvah is to put on Tfilin, that's the mitzvah. The Pasuk says, put on Tfilin. Put on your hand or on your arm, on your left muscle, aliyotcha, and put it on your head, between your eyes. So what's the problem? But that in itself can be explained in two ways. Is the mitzvah to put on the tefillin? Or is the mitzvah not to put on the tefillin, but to wear the tefillin? Meaning, of course... If I put on tefillin, I'm wearing tefillin. And of course, I can't wear tefillin if I don't don the tefillin. I have to wrap the tefillin in order to wear tefillin. We got it. But what's the definition of the mitzvah? What is the rotsin Hashem? What is the fulfillment of the mitzvah? Is it the act of putting on the tefillin? Or no, that's not the mitzvah. That's just the preparation for the mitzvah. The mitzvah is that I should be wearing tefillin. I am adorned in tefillin. That reality of a Jew having tefillin on him 
That is the fulfillment of the mitzvah. Of course, I can't have tefillin on me if I don't put on the tefillin, or perhaps not. The mitzvah is to put on the tefillin. That is how I fulfill the mitzvah. To put it in a famous uh, philosophical term that the Rakhachavah often uses, is the mitzvah on the pu'ula, or is the mitzvah the nif'al? The act, or the result of the act? And this is a question not only by tefillin, it's a question in many mitzvahs. For example... The Minchas Chinuch has a famous question, Mitzvah's essay test, on Tashbisu. Erev Pesach, the Pasuk says in Boy, Ach B'yoy Marishain, Tashbisu Sa'er Mibatech. Erev Pesach, you have to destroy, eliminate all the chametz from your home. What is the Mitzvah? Is the Mitzvah the act of eliminating the chametz, Tashbisu, ta- destroy, or no, that's not the Mitzvah. The Mitzvah is, your house, your property should be in a state where there's no chametz. Of course, the only way I can get to that state is if I take the chametz and I destroy it. But that's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is the result of tashbisu, not the act of tashbisu. Who cares? What's the difference? The difference is very simple. Let's say I'm on a gluten-free diet like every good Jew today. I don't eat wheat, I don't eat barley, I don't eat spelt, I don't eat oats, I don't eat rye, chas v'shalom. I eat vegetables and celery. Besides at a bar mitzvah, besides at a chasana, besides Shabbos, besides Yom Tov, besides a bris, and besides when I'm in a bad mood. Erev Pesach comes now. I have not a speck of chametz in my home. Did I do tashbisu? Did I not do tashbisu? If tashbisu means you should be chametz rain, chametz clear, I did the mitzvah. Passively, I don't have to do anything. If the mitzvah of tashbisu is Kum say I gotta destroy the chametz. Says the minchas chinuch, go to the store, buy a bagel, bring it home, burn the bagel, and now you did the mitzvah of tashbisu. The same question you have, for example, uh, bris milah, circumcision. What's the mitzvah? Is the mitzvah the act of circumcision, the act of milah, or no? The mitzvah is sheyeheimol, the result. What's the difference? Sometimes a child is born. I know personally I have some relatives who were born as though they already had a bris milah. It's, uh, it's not common, but it happens. I mean, I have a few relatives. <laughs> I have an uncle who was born mole, and a few, and a grandchild of his was also born mole. It's very interesting. It says about Moshe Rabbeinu, it says about God. Do you have to do a bris? If the mitzvah is the act of milah, there was no act of milah. But if the mitzvah is to be mole, to be in a state... The person is in a state of mohol. Many mitzvahs has the same, the same dilemma. What is exactly the mitzvah? With tefillin, you can have the same question. Who cares? Stam just to create a chkira for the sake of creating a chkira, that Rabbi Yosef Engel would not do. Just to be able to say, you know, split it here in two. But there's a great ram- there's many ramifications. One, which the Rakhachavah gone brings, is as follows. Laila loves man tefillin hu. You cannot fulfill the mitzvah of tefillin by putting on tefillin in the middle of the night. Why? There's two reasons. The Yerushalmi says, the Rambam brings, the Pasuk says, V'shamarta sachuka hazoyis l'moyada miyomim yomimo. You fulfill this statue, this law, during the day. Miyomim yomimo. Another view is, the view of the Bavli is, that it's exerid irabbonon. Miyam Yamima goes on the carbon Pesach, it doesn't go on tefillin. The rabbis prohibited putting on tefillin at night. But certainly, whether Minatayram and the Rabbanon, you're not fulfilling the mitzvah of tefillin at night. 
Again, it could be an Isim and Atayra or not, that's a separate debate. What happens if I do put on fill in the middle of the night? And I leave them on throughout the day? I put them on 3 o'clock in the morning, and I sit in tefillin, shoiv of imtat, and I sit in the tefillin till the morning, including the morning. And I don't do anything that I fulfill the mitzvah. If you say the mitzvah is the act of putting on the tefillin, I didn't put on tefillin during the day. I didn't fulfill the mitzvah. But if the mitzvah of tefillin is that you should wear the tefillin, so even though I put it on the middle of the night, morning came, and I'm wearing tefillin, so I fulfilled the mitzvah. Now the Gemara Ba'amah says, this is the halacha, that if somebody put on tefillin at night, so in the morning what they should do is, you should move around the tefillin, put them on again. So this would l'chayda prove clearly that the mitzvah is what? To put on the tefillin, to tie the tefillin, to wrap yourself with tefillin. And that's why you have to do it in the morning. So this is one major distinction or ramification in halacha if you say the mitzvah is to put on or the mitzvah is to wear the tefillin. Perhaps, perhaps. Yemashmish is because you want to make a bracha. Or do you teach that Yemashmish would be relevant even for the key of mitzvah's tefillin? Unless that could be called kshira. Good, perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps that could be called kshira. Yeah. Doesn't the same question arise? Huh? It would be the same thing. Also loves man, Lila loves man sitzes. Now, comes Rabbi Yosef Engel and the Ragachover, and they say a chiddush. They say there's a difference between Phil and Shalyad and Phil and Shalrash. Phil and Shalyad, they argue, the mitzvah is to wrap yourself with the tefillin, to tie the tefillin on you, to dawn the tefillin, to put on the tefillin. Tefillin Shalrash, the mitzvah is to wear the tefillin. Of course, you have to put it on in order to wear it, but that's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to wear the tefillin. Therefore, the Rakachava is machadish. Tefillin shalyad, if you don't in the morning do some element of activity with it, you didn't fulfill the mitzvah. Tefillin shalyad, even if you did nothing, when morning comes, you fulfill the mitzvah, even though you put it on the middle of the night, because you're wearing the tefillin. And the Yerushalmi Engel explains, this is the view of the Yerushalmi, and the Rakachava says, this is the view of the Rambam, there's a difference in the tefillin. Now one asks a simple question, how does somebody come up with such a distinction? Where does somebody invent such a distinction? Like, how do you know? The truth is, even though they don't write this, that they learned a Pasuk Chumash. <laughs> we say it every day. We say in Krishna, Ukshartam lo'ois al yadecha, v'hoyu l'toytafos necha. So it was obvious for them. Ukshartam, you should tie the tefillin. You should tie them, la'ois, as a sign on your hand. Vahoyu l'toytafis, and it should be be'neinech. Here the Torah uses the word ukshartam, here the Torah uses the word vahoyu. So they explain, by tefillin shal yadam mitzvahs, ukshartam. I want you to tie the tefillin to your body, to your arm. To put on the tefillin, to wrap the tefillin, do the tefillin. By tefillin shalosh, v'hoyu, it should be. Of course, it can only be if I put it on, but that's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is after I put it on, once it is on my head. And the truth is, if somebody takes a look at the Rambam, the Rambam before each halacha in his Mishnah Torah has a headline. And the headline, he summarizes everything he's going to be discussing. 
He gives the headline of the mitzvah, of the halacha. He says how many mitzvahs are involved, and then he begins the discussion. If you take a look at the headline of the Rambam in Mishnah Torah to Hilchist Tefillin, there's a very interesting diuk on how the Rambam discusses the mitzvah. Take a look. Rambam, Kaisaris, Hilchist Tefillin. This is the words of the Rambam. Hilchist Tefillin, Mezuzah, Sefer Torah, which he includes in one section. Yesh Bechlolon, Chamesh, Mitzvah, Essay. This includes five positive commandments. Vizehu Pratan. What are his first two? Look at his words. Aleph, the first one is, Liyais Tfilin al Harish. Number two, Likshar Lekoshron al Hayat. Liyais Tfilin al Harish, Lekoshron al Hayat. Now, obviously, the Rambam is mimicking, he's, uh, he's, he's paraphrasing the words of the Pasik. Vahayu, Liyais, and Ukshartam. But here, he's just defining the mitzvah. And how does he define the mitzvah? There should be Tfilin on the head. I would expect Leo's tefillin alayad. No, likshar tefillin, lekoishron alayad. The tefillin should be tied on the arm. So clearly, clearly, we see a distinction that, according to the Tzofnas Paneach, is not just a distinction based on the pasuk, but it's a distinction in theme. It's a different geder. It's a different type of mitzvah. Here, the mitzvah is the act, and here, the mitzvah is the result of the act. Now, according to this, one would immediately ask a question, and that is, if somebody is chas v'shalom sick, so somebody comes to the hospital and helps them put on tefillin, so you would think, tefillin shalrosh, they're mekayim, but tefillin shalyad, they weren't mekayim, because tefillin shalrosh, you have to wear, they're wearing tefillin, but of the mitzvahs to put on the tefillin, they did not put on the tefillin. Now, when some mitzvahs, you could appoint a shliach to do it for you. I can appoint a shliach to give tztak, I can appoint a shliach to put on the ziz, I can put a shliach to give truma, whatever, gitten, kedushin. But then there's what's called mitzvah shebegufoy. I can't appoint a shliach. I can't say, you put on tefillin for me. doesn't work that way. You fast on Yom Kippur for me. It's called a mitzvah shebegufoy. Mitzvah, the in the second chapter, mitzvah shebegufoy, you can't appoint a shliach. So if the mitzvah of shalyad is to put on the tefillin, I didn't put on the tefillin. So the Tzofnas Paneach says, this would be a major chiddush in halacha, that when you help somebody else put on tefillin, they're not fulfilling the mitzvah of tefillin, unless they redo it afterwards. This happens in a lot of situations. Sometimes a yid comes into a shul, he doesn't know how to put on tefillin, somebody helps him to put on tefillin. So he didn't do the mitzvah, only shalrash, not shalyad. Right? It's it's a strange thing. So the Rekha gives three proofs with his dozens of Maramakaimas to prove that even though the mitzvah by Shalyad is Likshar, nonetheless, if somebody else helps you put it on, you still did even the Shalyad. And his third explanation over there is that the very fact that you're allowing your body, you're allowing your body to be in a situation where somebody else could wrap it, you're allowing, you're extending your body, your arm, to allow the person to wrap it, that's a siyua, that's a type of involvement that includes the likshar, which is similar to the yamashmesh uh, that uh, he discussed earlier. Now, according to this, we have a beautiful answer for a famous question the Ramban asks on the Rambam. Tzitzis also has two elements. There's the lavan and there's the tcheles. Those of you who wear the tcheles, or supposed tcheles, you know, there's two parts of mitzvahs, of tzitzis. There's the love and there's the white strands, but then there's the Torah that says you need psil tcheles. You need one strand, one thread of tcheles, which is not white wool, it's turquoise, it's uh, indigo, the bluish, 
the bluish purple color that comes from the from the chilazin fish, the dye of the chilazin fish. So it's two separate mitzvahs. They don't stop each other. Many Jews wear lavon, and they don't wear tcheles, and we make a bracha. Because it's two separate things, and yet the Rambam counts in as one mitzvah, mitzvah tzitzis. Why? Because he says, it's one theme. True, if you have one, and you don't have the other, you still put it on. But why does he count it as two separate mitzvahs? By tzitzis not. It's the Ramban's big question on the Rambam who listed for us the 613 mitzvahs which the list is not enumerated clearly in Gemara or certainly in Tanakh. According to this, we understand very clearly. It's not even the same type of mitzvah. It's a different geder of the mitzvah. It's not the same geder ha-mitzvah. Here the mitzvah is to dawn the tefillin. Here by Shoraj the mitzvah is not to put on the tefillin but to wear the tefillin. According to this, comes the Ragachavagon and says, you could understand the way Chazal expressed themselves in a Gemara Masechta Beitzim. Take a look, If You can hear me? Okay, this is just side effects to increase the momentum. Beitzedaf Tesvava Maralaf. Zog the Gemara. Hoye Baba Derech. If somebody is traveling, Vish Utfilin Biroishoi. You're walking, you're walking in the street, you're walking on the road, on the highway, and you have tefillin on your head. V'shokol of chamo, and the sun sets. So night has arrived, you're not supposed to have tefillin during the night. And yet you're walking. And what's the problem? The problem is, as the Mepharshim say, you may take off the tefillin, but what if it's a difficult walk, it's a difficult hike, and you're afraid you're going to slip, you're going to fall, the tefillin will fall, the tefillin will get ruined, you don't want to take it off. So what do you do? Place your hand on your tefillin, cover it, so it shouldn't appear to the public you're wearing tefillin until you arrive at your home. Rashi says over there, the Gemara is talking about a case of Friday. Shabbos arrives. Toysvah says that can't be the case, because right, the next piece in Gemara is if Shabbos arrives, Toysvah says it's a regular, it's a regular night, so why can't you take off the tefillin? Shabbos, I understand, he can't take off the tefillin because he's going to carry. But a regular night, take off the tefillin, he says, Toysvah says, you might slip, and that's how the halach is brought in Shulchan Aruch. And in Rambam, a regular evening, you place your head on your tefillin and you come home. Ask to the Kachavra or Shaila, most people probably wouldn't ask it. Why does the Gemara say Tfilin Biroisha? <laughs> Why not Tfilin Biyadai? In fact, if the Tfilin is on your head, it's also on your arm. Because you know, when you take off the Tfilin, right? You always take off first the Shalyat and then the Shalraish. I mean, you take off, sorry, you take off first the Shalraish, then the Shalyat. And the reason is because when you're wearing Shalraish, you have to be wearing Shalyat. So if you're wearing Tfilin Biroisha, you certainly have Tfilin Biyadai. So you'll say, what's the difference? The Gemara says Tfilin Beresha. But what do you mean? He says Tfilin Beresha. He could say Tfilin Alav. Why Dafke Beresha? Tfilin Beresha Biyadai. Say Tfilin Biyadai. And Tfilin Biyadai, it's on the arm. That's what the Rekachavar asks. He says, according to this, the answer is very clear. Why? Let's think about it. What's the problem of having Tfilin at night? 
One is not allowed to do the mitzvah fillin at night. Again, whatever the reason is, miyamim yamimo, or another reason, but it's an iser to have fillin at the mitzvah of fillin to do the mitzvah of fillin at night. So he says, what's the iser? The iser is only if it's you're doing a mitzvah. If during the day you would be doing a mitzvah through doing this, then it's an iser at night. But if you're doing something that during the day it's not mitzvah tefillin. I don't care if you do it at night. The mitzvah of tefillin you're not allowed to do at night. So the Trevor says, let's think about it. You're wearing tefillin. You're walking in the street and wearing tefillin. Tefillin shall yad. Would you be doing a mitzvah by day? No. You're not, putting, you're not walking at night and wrapping tefillin. You're walking at night wearing tefillin. Tefillin shayyad wouldn't be a mitzvah during the day. So it's not an issue to do during the night also. Lamash, give a simple example. Am I allowed to put a mezuzah? Am I allowed to put a mezuzah on me and walk at night? Why not? It's a dover shabikdusha. Okay, mezuzah is not a problem day and night. I have tefillin on my arm. Okay, so you have a holy item. One person puts a mezuzah on his arm. You put tefillin on your arm. You have tefillin on your arm. Not you put tefillin. So you have tefillin on your arm at night. What's the problem? It's a holy object. It's a cheftze of, 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 of mitzvah of Kedusha. You have it on your arm. But tefillin shalroish, the mitzvah is wearing the tefillin. So now you're doing the mitzvah at night. This is a mitzvah. Now there's a problem. So they said you don't have to take it off. Instead, just cover your head. This means, in other words, that there is... Huh? And if it's not, the Gemara doesn't say that. You do that. <laughs> You're saying Shalyat or Shorash. So he's Mechadash not. And I'll show you, you'll see one minute. We'll go to this right now. According to this, in other words, we have a big chiddush. When do you do the mitzvah? Like he says. Tefillin shalyad, when did I fulfill the mitzvah? The moment I put it on. Tefillin shalroish, I fulfill the mitzvah as long as I wear it. Tefillin shalyad, I'm not fulfilling as long as I wear it. Only when I put it on. So he says that you see it in a Gemara. Where do you see it? Shabbos, Dav Kufnun, Gimel, Amad, Alev, Zagdi, Gemara. The Pasuk says, Shloim HaMelech says, Bechol Eis, Yiyub, Gadecha. Your clothes should always be white. You should always be clean. And the oil on your head should never be missing. The oil on your head should not be missing. This symbolizes tefillin. And here we say, This should be all the time. Why? Because tefillin shall yad... Here, the fulfillment of the mitzvah, the value is putting it on. Once you put it on, if you don't take it off, it's going to stay. But tefillin shoroish v'shemen aroish chaloyechsa. Because here, you're fulfilling the mitzvah every moment it's on your body, you're fulfilling the will of Hashem. By shalyat, every moment it's on my body, I'm not fulfilling the mitzvah of shalyat. I fulfilled it the moment when I did the ukshart. And according to this, Rabbi Yosef Engel explains, as I mentioned, a very, very perplexing Yerushalmi in Brachas. It's Perik Tes Halacha Gimel. I didn't have a chance to put it in there, but basically the Nakud is that the Yerushalmi says there that uh, 
There's a two opinions when you make a blessing on a mitzvah. Do you make a blessing before you do the mitzvah? Or do you make a blessing, or do you make a bracha during the mitzvah? In Bavli it says you make it before the mitzvah, which is what we do usually. But in Yerushalmi it's two shittas. Whether you do it before or you're doing during the mitzvah. And then the Yerushalmi says a very strange thing that Mamish, all the Mepharshim, there's so many different ways of understanding the Yerushalmi. It's one line and it's very hard to understand. The way the Yosef Engel understands the Yerushalmi is that the Yerushalmi says, why are you telling me that there's only a few mitzvahs, a few mitzvahs according to this opinion, that you can do, you have to do before, like tefillah and other mitzvahs you have to do before, there's also tefillin. Tefillin, shalyad, you can only do the bracha before you do the mitzvah, not during the mitzvah. Tefillin, sharosh, you could do the bracha during the mitzvah. As a base of English, what's pshat? So he says, this is pshat. Tefillin, sharosh, you could say the bracha while you're doing the mitzvah, because you put on the tefillin, and you're doing now the mitzvah all day. So make the bracha during the day. And that's that shit that you make the bracha during the day after you put on tefillin. He says, tefillin shaliyad. Once you put on the tefillin, the mitzvah was done already. You're not making the bracha after you're doing the mitzvah. So when do you make the bracha? He says, there's only one option. You have to make the bracha over last And that's what the Gemara says, add that mitzvah to the list of mitzvahs that even according to the opinion that you make brachas during the mitzvah by tefillin shaliyad, you have to do it before. According to this mahalach, we have a big question. And the question is, everybody knows, take a look, Rambam Hilchist Filin Pedek Dal Halachavov, quote, Afal Pisha Mitzvah on the Loif Shon Kol Hayoim, Beshast Filin Yesem and Akot. Even though it's a mitzvah to wear Filin all day, during davening, more important than any other time. What is the Rambam talking about? Filin Sharosh, Filin Sayat? There's a mitzvah to wear Filin all day. In fact, Many Jews, and many of the Chazal, unless they were working, they couldn't, would wear tefillin. They would sit in tefillin all day. That's a mitzvah. The Raman doesn't say on Shalroish. Afal pisha mitzvah on the loivshin kolayim is all tefillin. Nobody ever heard. Shalroish, you wear all day. Shalyad not. The mitzvah's on both. Now there's a big argument in Acharonim. What's the definition of this mitzvah to wear tefillin all day? You have the Levush and the Yeshua's Yaakov on one side, you have the Primagodim on others. One view is that Minhatoira, the obligation is to wear tefillin all day. When the Rambam says mitzvah on the Loiv Shankalayim, it means Minhatoira, that's the mitzvah. Wear tefillin all day, however, in our times, Oynes, Rachmana, Patre, if a person can't, because tefillin requires cleanliness, tefillin requires concentration, tefillin requires kavana. A person is sitting in their office stressed out with real estate deals, trying to make a few million dollars in one hour. It's very hard not to have hesach from tefillin, and they got to pay the mortgage and the tuition, and that's why in our times it's rare to find a Jew who wears tefillin all day, but the Torah obligation is to wear tefillin all day. And according to some, it means that our tefillin, since we don't wear it all day, it's not minatayra. We're not fulfilling the mitzvah minatayra. The rabbi said put on tefillin. However, many other achroinim say that's not true. According to Torah, the mitzvah is to put on tefillin, wear them a little bit, especially this man hatfilin, as the Rambam says. But the rabbi said, mitzvah in the loiv kalaya. But either way you look at it, it's tefillin shayan and tefillin sharosh. So l'chayr, the mitzvah is all day. We said tefillin shalyad, the mitzvah is only one moment. But the truth is 
This is not a question. Why? Because we have to remember one more detail. Take a look in the next source, Menachas, Daflamet, Vavam, and Aleph, and let's learn a Shtikal Gemara. Zagadi Gemara, Tana, we learned a price. Keshahu, Meniach, Meniach, Shalyad, Vachach, Meniach, Shorosh. When you put on Tfilin first, Shalyad, then Shorosh. Kshol Chaylitz, when you take off Tfilin, Chaylitz, Shorosh, Vachach, Chaylitz, Shalyad. Why? We understand why you put on Shalyad before Shorosh, because it clearly says in the Pasuk, first put on Tefillin on your arm and then on your head. So it's clear. The Torah obligates Tefillin and also obligates the order. No question. But how does the Gemara, where did we invent this idea that you first take off Shorosh and then take off Shalyad? Maybe the other way around? You f- First come, first serve. You started with Shalyad, so start with the Shalyad on the way out too. Omar Rabbi Rav, Omar Rabbi Rabbi said, Rav Huna Azbirili, Rav Huna explained this to me. Omar Kra, the Pasuk says, V'hoyu l'toytafois b'nei necha. Kol's man she'b'nei necha, yiyu sh'taya. They should be l'toytafois b'nei necha. What is they? Ukshartam l'oysal yadecha, v'hoyu l'toytafois b'nei necha. As long as the tefillin is on the head, you need both sets of tefillin. In other words, I cannot have a shorosh without a shalyad. So if I want to take off tefillin, I can't take off my shalyad because even for a few moments, I will be wearing shorosh without shalyad and the Torah prohibits that. If it's in other words, I can have a shalyad without a shorosh, I can't wear a shorosh without a shalyad. If so, we understand from this, that in the mitzvah of tefillin shalyad, there's two separate dinim. There's a din of tefillin shalyad out shalyad, and there's a din in tefillin shalyad to complement, to fulfill the shorosh. And these two dinim have two separate gedorim, they're two separate mitzvahs. The din of shalyad, mitzvah shalyad, putting on shalyad, when do I fulfill that mitzvah? Only the moment I put it on. Once I finished wrapping and tying the tefillin shayat on me, the mitzvah ceases. I fulfill the mitzvah. I'm done. But now there's a separate mitzvah in shayat. Not shayat out shayat. Shayat out allowing me to fulfill the shayat. The mitzvah of shayat is to wear tefillin. In order to wear tefillin, there's a din of a hoyu. So that's why I have to wear the shalyad all day. Not in order to fulfill the shalyad, but out the shalyad, as a din in the shorosh, I have to wear it all day. So when the Rambam says, mitzvah son l'loif shen kolayim, he means also the shalyad. But not the shalyad, it's a shalyad. The shalyad out, a din in fulfilling the shorosh. If this is true, says the Rakachavagon, this answers a stupendous question on Toysvus. Toysvus writes, Menachas Daflamet Vav, the Gemara says, Sach bin tefillah letfillah chayzerim avarech. If you speak between the two tefillins, you have to make another bracha. And we explain the argument how to interpret that Gemara. Rabbeinu Tam versus the Rambam. The Svardim versus the Ashkenazim. Says Toysvus, Mikan medaktekim. From here, people want to be medayik, want to derive. Kesha'adam shaychet oifes ubehemes harbe, v'sach bin oif la'if, if somebody is a shaykhit and he's shechting many chickens, and there's a bracha you make on the mitzvah of shechita, and then you speak between one bird and another bird, they say, you have to make another bracha just like tefillin. It's still something you shouldn't do. 
it's wrong, like the Gemara says here by Tfilin. It's such an Aveira that if you would go to war, you would have to go back because it's a sin, even though you would think it's a minor sin. Okay, it's a separate subject. So they say the same thing by Shechita. Don't speak. If you speak, make another brach. Says Toysvisna. B'shem shiny. I think it's perhaps different. Why? B'shem shiny Tfilin shemitzvah achas Tfilin is one mitzvah. And that's why you're not allowed to speak between one and the other. Doesn't say anywhere mitzvah you have to shech two chickens. You have to shech two turkeys. On Thanksgiving you yoytze the mitzvah with one turkey. You want to shech, shech, you don't want to. Here it's one mitzvah. I'm not allowed to interrupt the mitzvah. As to the Gatshav, he says, how can Taisva say such a thing? There's a Gemariah Menachis daf memdalet amiralef a few dafim later that it's two mitzvahs. Tfilin shayad and tfilin shalash. The Gemara asks even, it's one mitzvah that you would think it's ma'akiv zez. It's two separate things. Toisvah says, mitaglatkait, mitzvah achaseh. So the Rakachavah says, what Toisvah means is something else. Of course it's two mitzvahs. That's mitzvah, the mitzvah of shalyad and the mitzvah of shalosh. But remember in shalyad there's two dinim. There's shalyad al shalyad and there's shalyad as a din in the shalosh. You can't fulfill the Shalroish without the Shalyad. Mitzah that, it's one mitzvah. Because in order to have the Shalroish, you have to have the Shalyad. That's why Taisva says the words, Shemitzvah Achasein and Mitzah that, you're not allowed to interrupt. If this is the case, now the bracha of the Chazal is impeccably clear. Rabbi Yochanan says, what's the bracha on the two tefillins? Listen to the words. The mitzvah is to put on tefillin. That's the mitzvah. He commanded us to put on tefillin. It comes to Sharosh. You can't say tefillin is the hechsher mitzvah. It's the preparation of the mitzvah. Here it's al mitzvah tefillin. On the mitzvah of tefillin. Of course I have to put it on, but that's not the mitzvah. Once I put it on, there's the mitzvah of tefillin. In fact, in Yerushalmi, in Brachas Perek uh, Beis, the Yerushalmi says that the bracha on Shalreishes, Ashagadishanu mitzvah v'tzivanu, al mitzvah's hanachas tefillin. On the mitzvah of hanachas tefillin. Not lo haniyach tefillin. Al mitzvah's hanachas tefillin. On the mitzvah of wearing the tefillin. Not lo'ani. He doesn't say the act. Al mitzvah's hanochas tefillin. On the mitzvah of wearing the tefillin. According to the Nusach in Bavli, and that's the halacha, we say lo'aniyach tefillin versus al mitzvah's tefillin. So it becomes very clear. Now here there's an interesting detail. There was a big question in Mefarshim. Do you say lo'aniyach or do you say lo'aniyach? With a kometz or a pasach? The Shulchan Aruch says clearly, in Gemara, there's no Nekudas, so we don't know what, how to do it in Gemara. So the Shulchan Aruch says in Hilchis Tefillin in uh, Simen Chafei, Shulchan Aruch HaRacham Simen Chafei, make sure to say Lohaniach with a Kometz, not with a Pasach. The Beis Yosef writes in Tur, that really, what's the difference? He says, but there's a Pasach in Yecheskel, Lohaniach Bracha El Beisecha, to place Bracha in your home, so therefore we find the Pasach. We use the same uh, Nekudas, the same pronunciation like the Pasach. Comes the Lavush, my Zayde, the Bala Lavushim, and he says, No, don't just say it's a Pasuk, it's a big difference. Lahaniach and Lahaniach means two separate things completely. The Shulchan Aruch Harav brings it also. 
the Balatanya and Simon Chafei from the Levush. It's a very big difference. Why? He says, when Yosef HaTzadik tells his brothers, I don't believe you, that you are innocent people, you're spies. So he says, go back to your father and leave one of your brothers. Abandon, leave one of your brothers. What's the words? Hanichu. Hanichu achad Leave one of your brothers. So he says a very big difference. Lahaniach with a comets means to put, to place, to bring in. Lahaniach means Laniach, uplazen, you would say. Abandon. Let him go and move on. And he brings many psukim throughout the Tanakh that show this difference between the comets and the Tanakh. So he says, it's not a small thing that Beis Yosef says, we just want to follow a Pasuk. Lahaniach, brachal Beisecha. It's a huge difference. Lahaniach would mean, just let go of the tefillin, let it be. Lahaniach means to put on the tefillin. Ask the He asks, I mean, he asks it in a half a word. According to his view, it doesn't make sense. Shalyad, what's the mitzvah? To put it on and then you just leave it alone. <laughs> it's just there. It's just there. Shalroish, the mitzvah is you don't leave it alone. That's the mitzvah. But by Shalyad, he says you should have said lahaniach according to this. You put it on and you leave it alone. Of course, however, however, it's clear because... What you want to emphasize it? What you want to say something? Right. Huh? Very good. Very good. He says, in other words, okay, you have to what he apparently he's saying is if it's true that by Shalyad afterwards it's not Negea, right? So then he says, maybe lahaniach actually works. You do an act and then you leave it go. But two things. Number one, you don't want to forget the fact that there's a mitzvah, not just to leave it go, the mitzvah is to put it on. That's lahaniach. That's lahaniach, not lahaniach. And even though, and even for remember something else, for the shoroish, we need the tefillin to be there. It's not just, okay, I did the tefillin and now it's gone. I need the tefillin to be there. So therefore, even mitzad, the fact that it stays on all day, I also need it to be there. It's not irrelevant to me because I can't fulfill the shoroish if I don't fulfill the shalyad. And that explains the two brachas of tefillin shalyad versus tefillin shoroish, laniach versus al mitzvahs. I should just add, it's interesting, the Gemara says in brachas davov, Rebeleza Gadol says, the Pasuk says, V'yoru mimeka. So Rebeleza says, Elu tefillin shabiroish. They will see Hashem's name on you as a tefillin in the head. Elu tefillin shabiroish. So, the power of tefillin is the mitzvah of the tefillin. If the mitzvah of shabiroish is just to put on, so then when they're looking at the tefillin, they're not seeing the fulfillment of the mitzvah of tefillin, they're just seeing something holy. If you say that you're fulfilling the mitzvah every moment you're wearing the tefillin, they're not only seeing something holy, but they're seeing the key of mitzvah's tefillin on, only on the shoroish, not on the shalyat. That's where the Gemara perhaps says, Elu tefillin shoroish. But now we go to the next step. And we uh, cross over the gulf. Yeah. Oh, 
says the Rakatshavar, Yamashmesh is only a dinan shaliyad, not on shalrosh. When the Gemara says that in the morning, if you put on tefillin in the middle of the night, in the morning, you have to move around the tefillin in order to be, and make a bracha. So he says, with tefillin shalrosh, you would fulfill the mitzvah even without it. The Yamashmesh is only going on tefillin shaliyad. That's his chiddush. Because there, you need the maisa hakshir, the maisa of putting on to fulfill the mitzvah. Vos over also. So why do you? 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 Why could be mitzad the bracha. Yeah, but he's saying that you bring a rise in your mashmish, that your mashmish is out the mitzvah. He's saying it's not mitzad the bracha. But he's not saying mitzad the mitzvah. He's only saying mitzad the bracha. By shalrosh, by shalyad for the mitzvah also. Now we have a more fundamental question, which Rabbi Yosef Engel and the Rakatshavit don't address. The Rakatshavit doesn't doesn't uh, usually go to this dimension of things. And that is, They make, they give us a chiddush, that there's a distinction in the definition of the mitzvah. But why? Why does the Torah divide and say, here do I want you to put it on, and then the mitzvah is over, and here I want you to wear it. So the Chaim Briske used to say, an expression, he says, Mir villain fashtein vos, nicht far vos. Our job is to give understanding in what the Torah says, not why, but to really understand vos, to dissect the sugya and say, what, what is the definition of the mitzvah? The truth is, here one crosses, uh, one crosses, I don't know, the bridge, I don't want to say the gulf, but one crosses the pathway between the world of Nigla and the world of Nister. In the world of Nigla, the question is always Vos. In the world of Nister, the question is often Farvas. Not only Vos, but Farvas. Why? Now, of course, we should qualify. The Farvas, too, is only a certain aspect of that which was revealed or that which is comprehensible. The Farvas can have and has infinite layers, but generally, in Tairus Hanister, one can often find a deeper explanation, or at least some explanation to understand this distinction. Here we wonder, there's a mitzvah of tefillin. Tefillin serves a purpose. So what? It sounds like almost a game. Like, what, what do we need this for? You want, you want me to put on tefillin? So tell me to put on tefillin. You want me to wear tefillin? Tell me to wear tefillin. No, shalyad, I want you to put on. <laughs> if you put on, you'll wear Shalrosh, I want you to wear. But still, even to wear, you need shalyat. What's the mahalach here? So I'll tell you a Torah. I heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who explained this Rokachover, and then explained it, Alderech HaChsidus, Alderech HaNister. It's a long sugi, a long inyan, I'm just going to address one component of it. In Tanya, there is 
a very beautiful and enriching explanation about what we call Avoidas Halev versus Avoidas Hamoyach. The heart versus the mind. How do we deal with our heart versus our mind? Now everything comes from the mind, of course. The brain is the central nervous system, the central nervous system of the entire body. When I say heart versus mind, we're talking about reason or thoughts versus emotions. A person has thoughts and a person has emotions. But there's a major distinction between the world of emotions and the world of thoughts. The Medrash says, Tzadikim libom birishusam. By Tzadikim, their heart is under their domain, meaning they're in full control of their emotions. When it comes to a regular person, and this is a major theme in the Sefer Shalbedinim and the Tanya, there is a very important distinction a person has to make between these two realms in the human mind. Emotions are very, very intense and sometimes very scary and sometimes very negative and sometimes very beautiful and sometimes very immoral and sometimes very ugly and sometimes very complicated and always adventurous. A person who wants to do the right thing and wants to be an Oved Hashem, to come and say, I am going to ensure that 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, my emotions are consistent with my godly soul, with my nefesh alikis, which is a chelik alikami ma'al mamash, my emotions are going to reflect my truest, purest, deepest, most divine self, is often an impossible prediction or promise to yourself. You're going to see something, and suddenly you will have an emotion that may shock you. You'll talk to somebody, you'll get off a telephone, you'll meet somebody, you'll have an experience, you'll wake up one morning, and we're overtaken by different emotions, and some of them are wonderful emotions, and some of them are very, very depressing, or complicated, or immoral, or promiscuous emotions. This is a mensch. There's times in life you're inspired, you're uplifted, you're morally focused, and your emotions reflect your best self, your highest self, your divine self. But sometimes my emotion, I can have a taiva, I can have a craving, I can have an instinct, I can have an addiction, I can have an inclination to something that I know is a part of me that is a much lower part of me. It's a base part of me. So what's the avoid when it comes to emotions? So the Tanya says there's the tzaddik and there's the benini and there's the rasha. The tzaddik he describes as the person whom I would call in English the superman or superwoman. And this is the person who is unique. Tzadikim libam b'rishusam. All of his emotions or all of her emotions are completely a mirror of their inner godliness. That's how they react emotionally to life. Certain things that are disgusting or horrible or depressing or whatever, they don't even, they don't even, there's no temptation. Just like all of us, I think most of us, even if we're starving, if you didn't eat a day or two, and somebody says, I have a gavaldic meal for you. You can eat excrement. I'm not going to be tempted, even though I'm starving. Or you can eat glass. You know there's a sickness, some people eat glass. I don't know if you know. But I know, you know that. You've seen it. We're in Russia. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. People eat glass. But anybody here has a temptation to eat glass? No. The tzaddik, when it comes to jealousy, hatred, 
depression, envy, resentment, anger, hate, immorality. He relates to it like you relate to eating glass. Sadikim Libam Then you have a Russia. A Russia in Tanya is not wicked. A Russia in Tanya is a weak person. A weak person means I have a temptation. And I follow it through. It translates into conscious thoughts, words, and actions. I'm weak. The hero of the Tanya is not the tzaddik. He's a superhero. But he's not in the reach of the ordinary person. The hero is Sefer Shalbainani. The Bainani. Who is the Bainani? The Bainani is not a superman. The Bainani is the possible human being. The possible person. He may or she may not be superhuman. Spiritually superman. But... He never allows himself to believe that he or she is weak. The Bainani may experience during the day or during the night sharp emotions, instincts that reflect an insecure, lowly, fragmented, beastly and debased self. Because he or she could never cleanse themselves completely from any, from every vestige of egocentricity or immorality or self-centeredness, or narcissism in their life. This is part of the human condition. We are complicated creatures, and we have different dimensions in ourselves. So to say that my heart is always a reflection of God, it's not the case. But, something else is true. And that is, the Benini has the ability to always be in control of his thoughts. Thoughts, you can always be in control of. I can't change my emotion. I can't say, I'm not jealous. I don't feel depressed. I'm not struggling. I don't have a taiva. It's not true. I do. (laughs) But the question is, what's the next step? Do I engage it? Embrace it? Welcome it? My thoughts, I'm always a master over. I can always decide what I'm going to think about. And the way we think about things ultimately affects, of course, the way we react to things, the way we deal with things, the way we do things. The Bainini's advantage is, not that he doesn't struggle. He identifies, number one, where the struggle comes from, and number two, always knows that he has the ability not to surrender to that part of himself that he doesn't want to live by. That's the, that's the Chiddush of this. He always, I have a craving. I'm horribly jealous or depressed or, or angry. Okay. Now ask yourself, and you're starting to have thoughts. Now ask yourself one question. Which part of me is this coming from? Which part of me is this coming from? Is this coming from my chelek elekami mal mamish? The divine in me which is always wholesome and secure and connected is also experiencing this? No, it's another part of me. Okay. So you turn to your little, your little black dog, and you say, I understand, you're having a hard day, don't worry, come let me, let me give you a little hug. And then you allow your life to be defined and controlled in active thought, active words, and active action by your higher self, what he calls by the nefesh is by the godly self. So a yid comes to the Mezritche Magid, the Helike Magid, and he has a problem. The problem is he's having terrible Machshav Azaris. 
He's having terrible, terrible negative thoughts. And davening in the middle of the day. All types of thoughts that fill his brain constantly. And we all know that this is a very private part of a person's life. You could be sitting in shul in a holy place, Yom Kippur, in the middle of Ne'ilah. It could be a nice Wednesday morning or a nice Sunday morning. You're sitting at a chuppah, you're sitting at a beautiful place. People are sitting sometimes in wonderful places, but suddenly what they start experiencing in their heart and in their mind, then thank God, nobody knows what everybody else is thinking, so life moves on. And today with the iPhone, once you start feeling things and thinking things, then you can immediately go wherever you want to go. So this Jew comes to the Maggid, and he says he's having Machshav Zaris constantly bombarding him. So the Maggid says, go visit my student, Reb, Reb, uh, Reb Wolf of Zhitomer. Reb Wolf of Zhitomer, he was already a Talmud of the Balsamtiv. Go visit Reb Wolf of Zhitomer, Reb Zei Wolf of Zhitomer is a city in the Ukraine. Go to Reb Wolf of Zhitomer, he's the author of the Hasidic work, Oyr HaMeyer, Reb Zei Wolf of Zhitomer. Go visit Reb, Reb, Reb Wolf. So this Jew travels and he goes to Zhitomer. And he comes at night, and it's a winter night. And you know the Ukrainian winter nights, like this winter in the Ukraine. You can have nights where there's 12 below zero or 20 below zero. And uh, in Jitama, they didn't have yet leather-seated cars, which produce heat from the seats themselves. There's a few years. They still don't have it in Jitama, actually. <laughs> if you visit Jitama. And he comes in the middle of the night on Saafrost. He finds out where the house of Revolve Jutomir is, and he comes to his house, and he knocks on the door. He sees there's a lantern burning, so somebody is up, he knocks on the door. He's knocking and knocking, and there's nobody there, but he knows that there's somebody there, he sees a shadow, he sees light. So he knocks and knocks, and he's frustrated and annoyed, he knocks, and there's no answer. And the poor man is freezing, I mean he has a coat, he's dressed, but he's still he's freezing. He continues to knock for a long, long time, and finally, finally, the Vulgar comes and opens the door. Oi, come in, come in! And warms him up, and gives him a set of clothes, and gives him a hot soup, and a cup of tea, and gives him a bed to stay in. Achnaz Asarchim is very nice and warm to him. After a few days, he looks at him and he says, And what brings you? What brings you to town? So he says, Your Rebbe, the Halik and Magid, sent me here. Why did he send you here? So he says, I came to him that I have a problem with thoughts that enter my mind constantly. I don't know what to do. And he sent you to me. So that's why I want to ask you my question, what should I do with these machshavas? Ah, that I answered you the first night, right when you came. You didn't have to bother. You could have gone home right away. He says, what do you mean with you answer? He says, you remember you were knocking for a long time. He says, yeah. He says, why didn't you come in? He says, the door was locked. He says, why was the door locked? He says, somebody lives there and he locked the door. So he said, when did you come in? He said, what do you mean? What you, what you t- when you came and you opened the door, then I came in. So he says, what does that mean? He says, what it means is that it's your house and you open the door when you want to open the door and you let in the person that you want to let in when you want to let him in. Revolver Thomas says, that was the answer to your question. Who owns your house? First of all, decide that you own your house. Put a lock on the door. Somebody can knock. Okay, it's annoying. Boom, 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 boom. Doesn't mean you have to open the door. You are the owner of your house. You're the master of your door. You open the door, you let him in. But he didn't say you could stop the knocking. (laughs) That he didn't say. Some people can stop the knocking. 
Not everybody could stop the knocking. A taiva is a knock. Boom, 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 open the door. That's what a taiva is, a knock. That's what an emotion is. Somebody is knocking on your door, let me in. The mistake is, I give away the house. Somebody is knocking, it doesn't mean it's their home, they're knocking. Klap gesundte hate, they say in Yiddish, klap. Klap zich kap en wand. So I had a taiva. Because we don't distinguish between the knocker and the owner. Between the one knocking and the one who owns the home. Who owns the home? I own the home. Which I owns the home? My soul, my neshama, my godliness. So somebody is knocking and that knocker is in me. I know that. They say the definition of chutzpah is somebody comes to a therapist because he has a split personality and he wants a group discount. So it's true. It's true that the one knocking is me, myself. Ich bin der Klapper und ich bin der Zerklapter. I'm the one who knocks and I'm the one who gets knocked at, but not knocked out. Knocked at, not knocked out. So somebody's knocking, that's a type, and it's very strong. This person is this, this person is this. I'm gonna, never going to talk to them again. I'm going to blow up. I'm going to ruin their life. Ah, okay, sure, clapped. Now ask a question. Who's doing the clapping? <laughs> Who's doing it? This is your ultimate self, your deepest self, your truest self, really. Find out about your godly soul. He is having all these issues? No. You have a, a little or a big, either you have a little puppy, you have a big German shepherd, barking, okay. So what happens? So say, remember you were a child, they would say, you know, you walk by a dog, say, and everything will be fine. So fine, zog up, zog, zog up, and that's it. What the problem is, I lose sight of who am I. I can't identify the distinction. I allow that clapper to take over my house, and then there's nothing left of me. So there's a distinction that Tanya makes between emotions and active thoughts. I have an emotion, I start thinking about it. That's natural, I can't get rid of it. But now I can decide if I'm going to continue thinking about it. If I'm going to open the door, let him in, give him a tea, now take over my house, throw me out of the house. Or I say, you're knocking, but I'm a busy person. I got to get to my work. right now. So you'll knock. And you know what happens when a person knocks for an hour and nobody answers? You knock for another hour. And if nobody answers, you knock for another hour. And then if nobody answers, you stop. <laughs> you stop. Not always and not fast. Depends on the situation. I know it's complicated. Sometimes you need some other, some other help. But the point is, there's a big distinction between Avoidas Halev and Avoidas Hamoyach. Avoidas Halev, I can say my heart will be fully divine always. Avoidas Hamoyach, I'm always in control of what to think about. I could say, my thoughts don't have to be defined by my craving. I'm now going to think about another part of me. And therefore, I'm not going to engage you. Where is this distinction based on? Tefillin. The Shulchan Aruch says in Erechayim, when you put on tefillin, you have to have kavana. What's the meditation? L'shabed halev v'hamoyach. To dedicate your heart and your mind to Hashem. The tefillin on the left muscle parallel the heart represents Shibud Halev, dedicating your heart to God. The tefillin on your head represents Shibud Hamoyach. The mind. Now take a look at the difference between the two tefillins. 
In the Tefillin Shalyad, there's what? There's one bias. There's one, one um, container with one long piece of parchment that has all the four parshiyas and it goes in. Look at Tefillin Shalyad. There's a division. It's four containers, four chambers. And each parsha has its own container. Why? That's the difference between intellect and emotions. The mission statement of intellect is categorize, dissect, analyze, divide. Sa'adin in the pool, adin in the nifl, adin in the gavra, adin in the chefza, shneidin im draidin im agederin das, agederin das. The scientist, the Rosh Hashiva, the analytical person is always busy dividing. Intellectualism means categorization. Don't mix me up. This is this and this is this. This is what great analysis is in any study. You know how to divide. You know how to distinguish. You know how to categorize. But then talk to emotional people. <laughs> emotional people. Ay, 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 ay. Or geval. Depends how you look at it. Depends how confident you are. Emotions doesn't do that. You tell an emotional person, yeah, but this is a din in the gavra, this is a din. Emotions relate to life holistically. Oneness. If you want to put it quite simply, the world of intellect is like the world of waffles, and the world of emotions is like the world of spaghetti. Spaghetti, every strand of pasta is interconnected with hundreds of other pieces of spaghetti. Waffles, every waffle, it's a mitzvah's essay. It should be self-contained with big mechitzes around it. Asarat fakim. So when you pour in the maple syrup, it doesn't go over the boundaries and go into the next waffle. And in many ways, this is the difference between emotions and intellect. Emotions relate to life fully, intensely, holistically. Because you're fully involved. You're not distinct. You're not disconnected. And that's why it's so hard to change an emotion. It's, it's who you are. Avoidas Hamayach, there's a certain objectivity, a certain detachment. I'm not emotionally integrated, and that's why it's a division. So the two tefillins are set up differently. One is Shibud Halev, and one is Shibud Hamayach. One is Shibud You know, sometimes husbands and wives get into an argument, nobody here, but uh, once in a while it happens. So naturally, women experience life usually in a much more real and close fashion. It's harder for them to detach from life. So sometimes a woman is expressing her emotions and the husband says, no, 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 you're mixing up two separate things. This happened three years ago. This happened yesterday. In the world of emotions, this is good for a scientist. He thinks he's a scientist and he's going to analyze life objectively. You're dealing with a real person experiencing real life. Real life. And the, the, the bridge between the heart and the mind is one of the hardest bridges in the world. We know, we say, what, there's a highway in the world. It's the shortest highway. It's the shortest highway in the world. It's a very narrow highway. But it's the hardest highway to get through. The highway extends 13 inches long. It's one of the hardest highways to get through. It's the highway between the mind and the heart. 12, 13 inches, very narrow. Meitzar Hagarim. But to get from one to the other is very, very difficult. We see that tefillin is primarily a mitzvah that was given to the man. Mitzvah says, besides the few exceptions. Why? Now you can understand. 
the ability to sink the mind and the heart, this is one of the hardest things for the male gender. To be able to integrate the two worlds is a very difficult experience. How do you integrate the two worlds? How do I integrate what I know is right and what I feel is right? It's two separate things. What I know is right could be very idealistic. But what I feel, I'm not feeling it. I'm not in the mood. I know, theoretically. How do you integrate the two? This is the work of tefillin every morning. And yet, comes the Torah and says, there's a different. There's a different expectation when it comes to the heart, and there's a different expectation when it comes to the mind. By the heart, what's the mitzvah? One moment. Likshoy tefillin al hayat. I can't demand from you and say, that every moment of the day, your heart should be a shtik getlechkeit. Your heart should be a cheftz of tefillin. Your heart should be meshubad Hashem. It should reflect. The rotzen Hashem, it should reflect your nefesh alakis. That's the mitzvah. No, no, no. That's not the mitzvah. That's a special madrege. What's the mitzvah? In the morning, one moment, you got to put a knot. You got to tie it up. You have to wrap the tefillin around it. You have to tell the heart... You have a right to knock, but you still don't own the home. Remember, Sadah Balabos, Likshar Alayat. You have to be koshed at filling, you have to put it in focus. You're gonna emote. I know you're gonna have a lot of emotions. Some emotions may be heavenly, romantic, and beautiful. And some emotions may be down in the abyss. It's fine. But I wrap the filling around you. In other words, I harness, I focus. And I create a master telling the heart, what's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is one moment in the beginning of the day where I tell the heart, not every emotion do I have to worship, not every emotion defines who I am, not every emotion captures the essence of my personality. And that's how I do the mitzvah. When it comes to shoroish, the mitzvah is different. Bemeshech the day a person could change his or her thoughts whenever they want, even if I have a very strong temper. I can't get rid of the temper right now. It's going to take time. It may take an hour to subside. I may have a strong reticha of fire. I could still define my thoughts. By Shfilin Shalraj the mitzvahs, not only to put it on but to wear the tefillin. A whole day my head can reflect my godly soul. Not because no thought flies into me for my craving, but because that I always have full control over. Or as the Thomas says, the owner of the home decides when to open the door and when to keep the door locked. Have a wonderful day. That's a good question. I think that explains it. Throughout whole Hilchis Tfilin, the Raman does first Shalrash and then Shalyat the whole time. And the Mepharshim say, why? Shalyat comes first. But the Rambam in Sefer Avon goes in the, fall, in the order of Tadir. What's more constant? According to this, Tfilin Shalrash is a mitzvah you fulfill all day. Tfilin Shalyat is a mitzvah you fulfill one minute one second. So according to this, it makes a lot of sense why he says first shalrash, because it's a pillar. The Mepharshim has the Shagasari, others. Why the Rambam? It's always shalyad, and the Rambam himself says it. <laughs> the himself says it. it it's, it's one of the big things in Tefillin. And yet throughout Hilchist Tefillin, he's always shalrash first. In, even in making it, and in, in everything, in the dinim, making it, and putting it on, 
always saw Rosh first. It's a Pella. According to the Raghat Shavar, you can explain it. Because it's a Tadr, it's a getter of Tadr. Shalrosh is a much more Tadr, it's all day. Shalyad not, Shalyad is one minute. And the Rambam and Ava goes with Tadr. That's his Seder. Would this also explain why the Shalyad, you actually make the Kesha every single day? Yeah, so that is a different Rebbe Yahu, Rabbi Natam. You mean if you redo the Kesha? Yeah, well, B'chlal B'sharosh, you say that the Hiduk is the Kshir. I mean, obviously, it's a different matzav. You're not tying it around. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.